Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All of a sudden, an interesting rumor has popped up in the NFL. We will get into all of that for you here. Coming up in just a couple of moments here on FSR. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on Fox Sports Radio. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are. Making us a part of your Monday morning. We appreciate you doing so. Welcome to Super Bowl week. And we will take you all the way up here uh, until 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific, uh, and we have got uh, all sorts of shenanigans and fun stuff to get into. Uh, and then all of a sudden, apparently, um, Lovey Smith is now a, uh, a potential head coaching uh, candidate for the Houston Texans. Um, <laughs> I'm a little confused. Yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> what, the, but, uh, what what is going on here uh, with uh, with Lovey Smith? That now all of a sudden he is uh, spent time as a defensive coordinator. Now he's a legitimate candidate there uh, in Houston. Why didn't they just keep David Collins? Hundred percent. I mean, you you literally it, it came down to before the Lovey Smith news. It came down to a guy who's never coached, uh, been a head coach in the NFL, or a coach for any really measure in the NFL. And then Brian Flores, the guy who's suing the NFL. Those are your final two candidates. I mean, and the Texans basically just came to the conclusion, hey, maybe we've got a guy in here all along. Maybe we should have just stayed the course with David Cauley and seen where this thing went. I mean, it just it seems like this hiring cycle has been an absolute disaster for about three teams, and the Texans are one of them. The interesting thing about this scenario playing out in Houston is you have to mention Brian Flores's name, and then it takes you into the thought process of what Brian Flores is suing the NFL and suing these teams for right now. This will be if if Lovey is hired, you've gone from one minority coach to another minority coach, and I think that that becomes a conversation as well. What that conversation is, I don't I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to try to figure out what that dynamic is. Why is it Lovey Smith? Why was it Cully? It doesn't have anything to do with race. Flores being someone who was in the mix of being the coach. Why it is because we all know the history of what's come out on Houston in terms of that process. Why is it why why are why are all of the finalists minorities? It, it kinda Throws me off it, a little bit. Didn't Coley get like twenty two million dollars as part of his? So if you're Severance, gonna, yeah. so if you're going to pay him twenty two million dollars, why not least, just give him yeah, another year like, to like, hire like one coach. of his assistants? Yeah, it's just, like the whole thing's. And then there's the. And look, let's just call it what it is. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there that are, uh, you know, trying to win the optic circus. Uh, they're trying to show, hey, you know, we're doing everything we can. And uh, the Houston Texans, because reportedly Josh McCown uh, was was a, a real candidate. And there are some reports out there that say had they offered him the job, he would have taken it. Yeah. But, you know, now they can't 
because it looks it, it looks bad uh, to to certain people if they just go ahead and hire Josh McCown. But let's be real, he's white. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. What you mean? I, I think it would it would be for a guy who's never coached in the NFL. I would be shocked if they just gave him a head coaching job. I would be shocked. Like, like that. That would be one of the most damning things. And forget about like the race issue, because there is an issue in the hiring cycle with all of it. But just in general, now, now in general, you're looking at going. Hold on a second. We don't have any qualified head coaches, regardless of their race, that are better than him. And I'm not saying he won't be a great coach one day. You know, I know the Houston Texans had said they still believe he'll one day be a great head coach. I don't doubt that. If he wants to be, but the reality is right now there's much better candidates for one of 32 jobs that happens to be open. But back to the original point, it just it seems like this whole thing has been a disaster, and they should have just stayed the course with David Cole in the first place, unless whatever disagreement he had with Nick Casario was was you know you couldn't repair, you couldn't come back from. That's the only explanation for this. I mean, he was set up to fail. From the get go, yeah, I think when when a coach steps into a dysfunctional organization, they're all set up to fail. I don't care if the, again if they're a white coach, if they're a minority coach. I think all coaches that step into dysfunctional scenarios are set up to fail. Now the question becomes: when you bring in a guy who has has the resume and has the background where you say, you know what, this is the type of guy who knows how to build out uh, a staff. He knows how to put the people in place that can build the structure around your your organization and your team. Uh, Lovey Smith has been a part of of building uh, a winning a winning team when he was in uh, when he was in Chicago. He made it all the way to the Super Bowl. He's got he's got a background in being being successful. He wasn't really successful at the college ranks, which was interesting. Um, but again, it still comes back to me, and it, and and I say, do you believe that Lovey Smith is in is he in the right place in the right space to be able to do what you know basically needs to be done in Houston to turn that that franchise or stabilize that franchise because. It's in disarray right now. Right. It's in disarray. So so my understanding of all this and how this came about was Lovey Smith was in on some of these meetings. And the organization basically said they're listening to his insight and how he's taking some of these interviews. And they come to the conclusion that, huh, maybe this guy should be our head coach <laughs> because it sounds like he's got a pretty good grasp of what we want, where we're at, and where we need to go. By how he's conducting and handling some of this. It sounds like that was... So it is the experience. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. I mean, that's the only explanation. But but again, I, I think it's tough for any head coach to go in to a scenario knowing you've got to work with this general manager. And I, I, I can speak to it from one of my buddies who's a coach in the NFL. And one of the toughest things he said was with the front office especially this time of year, you start looking at you know draftable players, free agency. They would go to their scouting department and they say, hey, these are the types of techniques and this type of film, the type of player we need. They give them examples on tape. And then these scouts would come back and they'd provide a list of the guys they're looking at. You know, they'd rank the offensive interior guys, um, you know, linemen or, or, or you know, uh, tackles. 
And then they would look at him and they'd go, "This is this is none of these guys can do what we just gave you tape and asked you to do." <laughs> but like, did you listen to the meeting we just had? Like, none of these guys do what we need them to do or can do what we need them to do to fit our scheme and how we go about blocking things. And it's a frustrating process when you have a front office on one side or it does it a certain way, and the coaching staff does it a different way. If you can't work in unison, it's it's not going to work. It's just only a matter of time. I mean, how much of this though is Nick Casario and not just the organization as a whole? Because I also think Nick Casario was put in a bad spot because he the Deshaun Watson stuff was just sort of thrown in his lap. And then Deshaun Watson had his issues, and we still don't know what the hell is going on with that. Uh, you know, reportedly we'll get some news here, uh, I, I would assume, in the next couple of weeks. But he's trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do at quarterback? Um, the David Coley hiring, and then he gets canned after one year. I mean, look, I, I actually thought Coley did a much better job than people gave him credit for yeah. as far as – those, those guys were playing for him. Yeah, and, and so and he had a rookie quarterback uh, at one point, Davis Mills, who who played you know pretty decent at times uh, on, on the back end of the season. I just – I, I don't know, man. I feel like once the Deshaun Watson stuff came out, they, he set the organization back at least a couple of years. And, and they're just scrambling right now. And whether or not it's Lovey Smith because of his experience or whatever the case may be, just if you're a Houston Texans fan, you got to be looking around going, what the hell, man? Like, I don't know who's a bigger who's a bigger diaper fire, them or the Jags. Uh, like, uh, well, they're both big yeah i mean hard to measure which one is bigger when they're as big as they are but it just again this still comes back and you guys brought up deshaun watson i wonder if the idea of bringing in lovey smith to this scenario is still ultimately them trying because if you recall deshaun watson wanted to have a hand and and some influence on who they were going to hire I wonder if this is still a an attempt to try to appease appease Deshaun Watson in some way for him to be able to come back. Could Lovey Smith be a voice of reason that could convince Deshaun Watson if available, to come back to the team. Didn't Nick Casario say in the last couple of weeks or whatever, something along the lines of uh, Deshaun Watson uh, will not be a Houston Texan or he's or he's not playing again for this organization? Something along those lines. He kind of came out and said that. I, 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 think, I just think they're, they're in a terrible spot. And the longer this goes, the more you look at Bill O'Brien and you go, huh, wasn't that I, bad? I was just going to say, so from 2014, <laughs> from 2014 to 2019, they had one losing season. Yeah. They won their division four of those six years. All right. And I miscounted. No, four of the six years. I mean, think about that, man. They made the playoffs like four. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I know they had early exits. I get that. But that's going to happen, too, when we look, think back of those teams. That was before Deshaun Watson, <laughs> where they really didn't have much quarterback play at all. Yeah. And, and then even with him, obviously, he was going to help elevate that that roster, that team, but still, it's just, it's crazy to think it took, what, four games into the season they fire Bill O'Brien in 2020? I just, they have to be looking back wondering maybe if cooler heads should have prevailed. And and also, that the play, the last playoff run they made, that was where they beat Josh Allen and the Bills. They started off slow, and then they had that big lead over Kansas the Chiefs, City, right? City, yeah. yeah. So, man, I just... Big lead. Yeah. Gave and it then, all back. Yeah, gave it all back. Like, and I, then, dude, like being at the casino. Yeah. 
Like that blackjack table. You get up big. Yeah, I would give know. it all back. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not really a gambler. It's not really my thing. Yeah, but okay. uh, right. you know, if I were, I would uh, probably bet uh, significantly against the Houston Texans making the playoffs next year. So how do we? What's our gut feeling? Because also, by the way, Brian Flores is also still a finalist, right, for the Houston Texans. Man, job. that is. Yeah. Just, I mean, let me ask you this: like, How does this lawsuit hold up if you accept? A head coaching job for another franchise. Well, I, I would, I would, I guess I would say he didn't sue them. No, no, he has the he Texans. Sued, sued yes, because he's suing everyone in a class action. They named I thought it was the NFL, and then there was specific teams that he. There was stated. three they named, right? But then the rest were all considered like Jane Doe's, John Doe's, however they did it in the, in the lawsuit. No. I mean, we all know the answer to that. Like he's not going to be up for a job, and he's not going to be able to accept a job because he's not going to get offered a job under the current uh, circumstances. But, again, I think it still comes back to this past year should have been a wash year for any coach that took that job in yep. Houston. Agreed. Right. Jacksonville, it should have been a wash year for anybody who took that job in Jacksonville. So for them to to look at a coach and hold a coach to the standard of what they wanted, like they, they stated that there was philosophical differences as to why they went away from Cully, well, that would be interesting to me to know what your philosophies are, um, considering where you are currently with the state of your organization. What is your philosophy? So to me, I think that it should have been a wash. You got to give a coach the opportunity to get in there and get their bumps and bruises as as a team that needs to find a way. I mean, they haven't been the same since they lost uh, uh, the, the receiver. Uh I'm blanking uh, on him right now. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Now you lose your other leader on the other side of the ball, and he and you know JJ Watt leaves. This is a team that is fully in rebuild mode, especially if your your franchise quarterback wasn't playing this year, may never play for you again. This is a total rebuild. So to fire a coach after one season seems strange, and and then now the idea of it is is well to me. The best way to try to start your rebuild is to have a quarterback, right? That's what everybody knows. Yeah. Well, what better way to do is if you pull off someone like Lovey Smith is is a lot like how Tony Dungy is. He's a man of faith, strong, strong, um, strong ties in terms of the emotional courts and connections with his players. Players really love Lovey Smith. I just wonder if they're trying to lean on that aspect of lovey smith to try to get deshaun watson to want to come back because if you can start there which i almost feel like they hired cully to get deshaun watson to want to stay and when that didn't work it was kind of like well eh. if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't because he didn't get it done the way we wanted to get it done I, with with deshaun watson that's the thing that doesn't make sense about the reasoning for firing cully they say philos- difference in philosophical reasons. Casario was hired at the beginning of January in 2021. Yeah. Cauley was hired at the end of January of 2021. So you don't think through that process of vetting and interviewing 
that you weren't sitting there going. They only had a month. What do you yeah. want? <laughs> like, like, like you didn't figure out if you're on the same page or not. That so- you know, it sounds like it sounds like they went to Vegas and got married, and then 36 hours like, later, nah, go, wait we a need second. to know yeah. this. Nope. Wait a second. Nope. You, you look a little different now in the light nope. than what I saw last night. What do you mean you're a prostitute? Nope. I, yeah, nope. Just out of nowhere. Uh-uh. Um, nope. It is uh, two Can't pros home. and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use code Two Pros. The number Two Pros to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Up next, we've got some drama brewing for somebody in the world of football. If a story seemed a little bit odd, we may have the reason behind it. We'll get into that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. No rapical rap quite like I can. I put his face in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, LL. Yeah. And if you give out rap me. Yo, boy, I'm bad because I ain't found nobody who could do that yet. Trendsetter, I'm better. My rhymes are good. I got to go make plays. I said I wish you would. Look at you. How about that? Uh, it's two you pros. You know I'm a win. And a cup I'm of done. Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up uh, later on this hour, uh, we're going to have another edition of the FSR IR. And uh, somebody is just uh, thankful to actually be here uh, based on what happened uh, this weekend uh, for them uh, in the Can't uh, world wait to of hear the details of this story. Yeah, very, uh, very strange. We will get into that for you here coming up uh, about 20 minutes from now. Um, so what the hell's going on at Michigan now? Uh, the uh, the Jim Harbaugh uh, Minnesota Vikings flirtation, which just seemed odd and sort of out of nowhere, uh, only to turn out that uh, well, you know, apparently uh, the Vikings weren't as into it as Jim Harbaugh was. So he tells Michigan, "Don't worry about it. It was a one time thing. Uh, you don't have to worry about this ever again." I'm grateful to go back to Michigan, and now we got assistant coaches on the staff who uh, aren't exactly thrilled with uh, what was happening there over the past couple of weeks. There, yeah, really? I think that's why Josh yeah. got us there former offensive coordinator took a uh, lateral move <laughs> and goes to the University of Miami under Mario Cristobal as an OC. I mean, there's really not much of an explanation for it outside of everything I've heard is the coaching staff was extremely frustrated with the way Jim Harbaugh left them kind of up in the air when he went to go explore what NFL opportunities were there, in particular Minnesota. There's also a sense of coaching for Jim Harbaugh isn't necessarily everyone's cup of tea. And there are some coaches who are looking at trying to get out and go elsewhere. So I think it's a combination of things. Probably how Josh Gaddis felt in light of Harbaugh looking out for his own best interest and the university not necessarily giving as much weight to him as maybe being his successor. Because there was a conversation there of, all right, if Harbaugh does leave – who is going to become our next head coach? So I don't think there was there was clarity there given to Josh Gaddis, whereas he's got a lot more clarity now at the University of Miami. And also, I think for him, with what he's done so far in Michigan, especially with their offense was this past year, you go down to Miami, you do that again. I mean, I think either way, he's on a fast track to be the, a head coach in college football if he wants it. But building back up the University of Miami, that's something that I think, you know, he'll have complete autonomy of the offense. You know you're going to have a ton of talent and athletes. It just comes down to whether or not they can do it. But it's you're not playing you're playing second fiddle to Clemson, basically. That's it. Yeah. Much like Michigan was 
to Penn State and Ohio State, probably more competition than the Big Ten, to be honest with you. I think he's in a compromising situation now. And and the reason being is the first moment you had an opportunity to flex, you flexed. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. That this is really his only true successful season at 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 Michigan. And and so now to have you put it on the line seemingly where you were going to take this job in Minnesota. So that's your you're kind of it, it almost seemed like it was all but done and it's like if you're really thinking about it it's like i think everybody felt as though harbaugh was sticking it to his alma mater like y'all gave me a, a haircut on my my paycheck now i bounce back and i win the big 10 i beat ohio state made it into the college playoff i'm a i'm a measure it out i might roll out on this I think coming back now puts a tremendous amount of pressure on Harbaugh to perform. And and now that becomes an idea of how will the Michigan faithful, how will the brass, the decision makers, how will they handle the now upcoming seasons? Right. Because the expectations are now changed based upon the rules of engagement. I think the other thing is, too, is when the details came out about how it went, in Minnesota, yeah, and it was more of we spent a lot of time with Jim Harbaugh. We're going to we go in a different direction, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh, but, we don't but want of course you. Harbaugh informed Michigan that hey, I'm coming back, and to try to get ahead of it. The reality is they didn't want him, and so now he goes back to Michigan. Like I wonder a if there's still any leverage, even what he did this past season to come back and say yeah, I want some of that money back, and then b what happens with his staff. I mean, clearly, if he didn't show them much loyalty, and if the university didn't when he's exploring other opportunities, which, by the way, he claims he's done now. That's it. Right. I'm done. Give me a break. Right. Give me a break. If you felt like you were that close to winning a Super Bowl and that's what made you want to search this out, if a great opportunity comes up, there's no way you're going to say no. Yeah, because that was one of the things that it was uh, Mitch Album, uh, who uh, I guess had talked to Harbaugh. But one of the thoughts uh, from Harbaugh was, "I was so close to winning a Super Bowl, I just you know wanted to kick the tires on some possibilities out there." But like it just, the whole thing was strange, man. So he goes and spends the entire day with the Vikings. If the Vikings offer him the job, he's gone. So now, like if you're if you're Michigan, you got to be looking around going. Really? Like, that's that's just sort of how this thing's going to work. And then, you know, you got Gaddis, who uh, this was uh, reportedly a text that he had sent, this according to uh, Tom Van Heron of ESPN, that he sent a text to some Michigan players that said, quote, unfortunately, the past few weeks has told a, a different story to me about the very little appreciation I have here from administration in life. I would never advise anyone to be where they are not wanted. So, Man, sounds I, like Flores. Yeah. <laughs> just, Is this racial? Uh I don't. I don't know. Sorry, I mean, my bad. I, yeah, <laughs> kind of sounded similar to me. <laughs> so it, it just it feels like everybody gets treated the same way, and in, in in regards to certain things, right? Like Harbaugh felt underappreciated, and it was clear by the way he was treated, and and him getting that pay cut. So if you're if you're searching. Most coaches are are super egomaniacs. Like, let's start there. Like, most of them have tremendously healthy egos. 
And if you're not stroking that ego, you're going to start searching for that feeling somewhere else. And that's what you're you're saying and what we're hearing in those quotes that were in that text message, right? So to me, when you look at a situation that Harbaugh is in, he's in the same situation that most coaches are in, which is he wants to be appreciated, adored, uh, reverenced in what it is that he's doing. And if if that's not what it is, I'm going to look for that in other places. And what better place than to leave college and to try to find that feeling at the pro level? I also think there's a thought of the difficulty of being a head coach right now in college with NIL. I mean, it, it's an arms race in that regards. There's there's a reason why Texas A&M was number one this year in recruiting rankings. We, we well, haven't because seen, we they haven't worked really that. hard. Come yeah, on. I mean, come on. They worked but very, very – very, very, it, very, very, very hard. Like so much harder than everyone it, else to make Texas A&M it's more the attractive. New facilities. Come that's on. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, to Lavar's point, though, about this upcoming season for Harbaugh, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like, especially if they deal with the divisions. But also, remember, he lost his DC. Mike McDonald went back to Baltimore to be their defensive right. coordinator, and he's losing Gaddis now, their <sighs> offensive coordinator. He already and he lost his D line coach. I mean, he's he's. I wouldn't be shocked Oof. if he doesn't lose more. If there's not one or two else that end up jumping ship, that's that's the kind of relationship that I think his assistants have with him, and the distrust that's taken place now over the past few weeks with all this. I'll oh, be the man. first one to tell you when you lose an OC or a DC, like we're dealing with the same thing now because what held us together was Pry, and now Pry went to Virginia Tech. But if you think about it, when we were good, it was Moorhead that was calling the plays. The moment Moorhead left, we haven't been able to to get over the hump, so to speak, which is Ohio State, in order to take that next step forward. We've been trying to figure out play calling ever since Moorhead left. Now Pry leaves. Now we're going to be trying to figure out what do we do defensively now that Pry left. So... This is a scenario for for Harbaugh that could go tremendously hard left. I mean, hard left. I I thought that so there was this pressure on Jim Harbaugh from the standpoint that everyone was like, well, you know, he can't beat Ohio State, uh, even though it, it's been look, he's turned around the program. They were in a bad spot. He got there, um, you know, they they've been relevant. They've got you know some ten win seasons. Like he's he's done a pretty decent job uh, at Michigan as far as turning around the program. It felt like all the pressure for him to win these games was from the outside. But people at Michigan were loyal to him, realizing, hey, this is our guy. He's a Wolverine. All is good this move though this crap that happened with the vikings i think it's more likely now that michigan would get tired of him and want to part ways at some point i I think this went awfully wrong Uh, just in a in a terrible way for jim harbaugh the past couple of weeks but hey i mean listen that's good for penn state right (laughs) like i said i don't know what our play caller is going to do he said he was going to do better it didn't look like that in the bowl won, game, and now we don't have pride. I, I think the biggest benefactors, if and when the, the Big Ten gets rid of divisions, it's going to be Penn State and Michigan. Because you're going to see that matchup. You're going to see one of those two teams again playoff versus Ohio State. That, that's been the closest to Ohio State in the conference. Mm-hmm. We can talk Wisconsin all we want. 
Wisconsin doesn't want any of that Big Ten East heat. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. What do you mean Mel Tucker just got $90 million? What are you talking about? And they I mean, just brought in Bobby uh, Bobby Ingram mm-hmm. for as their OC. OC. And he's a pretty dynamic dude, which is kind of interesting. Like, it's like, why didn't we bring him in? Like, why didn't Penn State bring in Bobby Ingram? <laughs> why as didn't the, I? I don't know. Don't know. And I'll tell you what. What's old, what's old Jimmy Franklin doing over there? Yeah. Ah, he's trying to win, man. Old Jimmy. Jim, old Jimmy's trying to win, man. Old <laughs> hey. ball co- coach trying to pull it together, man, best he can. Uh, this pride, this pride move. Now, but we brought in Buddy from from Miami, yeah. um, and and he seems like he's you know he's in the right frame frame of mind, you know mindset. So, do you think maybe people are intimidated by Penn State uh, based on the stiff arm that you gave on Big Noon kickoff? Uh, the, I don't uh, know. Patron. I don't know how intimidating that is to a lot of people. I just okay. know it might have been intimidating to the Iowa fans that were there <laughs> to witness it in person. Fair enough. And then yeah. you and then you wrestled Big E. It, well, uh, I did well not too. really wrestle Big E. Yeah. Big E is really <laughs> Big E. Like he's really <laughs> strong built. You know, I'm I'm very much retired with the the dad bod. So I, I no. <laughs> no. Uh, it is no, uh, no smoke with Biggie. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, coming up next, we are going to have um, an interesting tale about traveling to the Super Bowl. We will get into that for you right here on FSR. For all the latest stuff from around the world of sports, we turn it over uh, to a guy who never makes things awkward. Brian, <laughs> no, never, never. Thank you, Jonas. And you guys are talking about wrestling. Well. You can argue that, as we talk about the NFL here, the Saints running back Alvin Kamara was arrested yesterday for potentially getting in a wrestling match. He was charged with battery after allegedly injuring somebody at a nightclub in Las Vegas. He is due in court today at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, and he is someone who also played in the Pro Bowl. They let him play in that. He had four catches for 23 yards, and then as he got off the field and out of the locker room, he was met by police, and they said, you are arrested. And the AFC won that thing 41-35 to against the NFC. With that, I'll send it back to two guys and three guys that probably could not balance <laughs> on ice skates if you put them on a rink. That's for oh, sure. Jesus. It is oh, what? Is, it, is that for sure? I have, I have sure. ice skated before, yeah. sir. Yeah. I have too. Oh. Well, that's okay. You guys just hold on to the side of the not ice true. No, that's no, not true. There's I also the all. shopping cart handles that you can roll with. On no, the, no, 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 no. Wow. Listen, and, and I've wow. even been on rollerblades before. All right. That was Finley. a terrible joke, Finley. Yeah. That one fell flat. I'm usually supportive of you. <sighs> well, I'll, I'll try you. to get better for next hour. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you okay. guys. All right. Oh, you are coming back for another hour. Oh, okay. Well, unless you fire me. That's no. Well, no, I just, uh, well, you know, we've heard that Jonas has the ability to do that. <laughs> yeah. He does it. He's can, done it to Jonas, can you tell him how you do it, though? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. I want to hear Jonas's, though. <laughs> yeah, Come on, Jonas. Ryan on. Finley, <laughs> you're fired. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see Harry Carey live. I've never uh, seen oh, Harry Carey I mean, live. Uh, oh. I've never seen it live. Too out, too out. Too, too ball game. Deuces are wild here at Wrigley Field. And, you know, Finley spelled backwards is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>
<laughs> that good. might be your best one. Uh, very good. Uh, Finley spelled backwards <laughs> spells awkward. Wow. Um, all right. He is uh, He is the great Brian Finley, though. Yes, he um, is. And by the way, uh, is Brady Quinn ever going to be a part of your, uh, your your podcast there, Finley, your interview segment you do? I mean. You, you know, Brady continues to big time me. Yeah. So it's I, terrible. Jonas, if you have any advice for how to get in his good graces so that he makes time, Please let me know. Yeah. Finley, you've never even asked. I did, but I will follow up. There's such a power in following up. Yeah. Name backwards. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, it is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Up next. Slow uh, Interesting. Uh, Slow on. Interesting travel. Interesting Super Bowl travel for one member of the show. We'll get into it right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler Lavar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up on Game. What is Up on Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler TJ Hushmanzada and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game, we're going to be sharing our real life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, Lavar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead, LeBar. Don't know the words, so I'll do it like this. Oh, man. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeBar Erickton, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up, uh, top of next hour, we are going to uh, take know a closer look at uh, Super Bowl uh, 56. Uh, it is here. It is Super Bowl week. We'll have uh, some fun discussions here as uh, things start to pick up throughout the course of the week. Right now, though, it is time for something we do every single Monday, and it's called this. After your sports weekend. Happens. So it's time to get the FSR IR report. All right, and away we go. It is uh, the FSR IR uh, where we report injuries, issues, uh, and I think it's only fair to uh, to turn it over to uh, the man himself. Uh, he is the uh, face of Big Noon Kickoff. This is a man uh, <laughs> oh, who walked go. the halls. Uh, Brady Quinn. Uh, what yeah, do we got? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I'm a little banged up this morning, a little tired. Yes. I uh, had a late flight in last night that became even later well because of an issue on the plane Uh oh. so uh, we get on the plane the plane was already delayed getting in and then as we go to taxi out to the runway the plane abruptly stops pulls a u-turn goes right back into the gate now at this point the pilot does not give us any indication as to what's going on so your mind starts to wander. You're thinking like worst case scenario. Of course. Is there like a bomb on this plane? Like what's happening right now? Nothing from the pilot. Next thing you know, they they pull up the gate. They open the door. Some sheriffs come on. Mm. They're removing a, a nice middle-aged woman because mm. apparently she wouldn't wear her mask. Now, <laughs> I've gotten some more details about that later, but she went off, didn't say a word, nothing. About 15 minutes later, another dude, back of the plane. He's been removed, too. Mm. And so I'm sitting there, and, like, 
it's getting to the point now where people are getting frustrated because, like, we didn't hear a ruckus. We didn't hear anything happen. And honestly, the flight attendants for JetBlue and the guy who came on the plane were being the biggest jerks. Mm. And then, and they even they they made it to some Russian guy upset. They you know yelled at him about his mask. He said, "What the what? You talked us like with dogs, <laughs> with dogs." I mean, Roberto, I'm just, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna take that. No, but I was like, the last thing you want to do is like tick off a Russian guy. Racist. But <laughs> I mean, I'm just we saying. No, it was it was it was like what you see that goes viral, right? When people get kicked off the plane, and usually, like I think at that point when the sheriffs come on, they're like bringing them off the plane. They're going to say whatever they want to say because they already know, like, they're not getting back on the plane. Their night's over, getting arrested, whatever. These people were, like, very calm. And they were just, like, pretty much yelling at the flight attendants for being treating them like trash. Mm. So, anyway, my night became a lot later. I was delayed, like, two, two and a half hours Mm. because we had to remove a couple people who apparently weren't wearing their mask when eating and drinking. That's crazy. Why are you going to spend all that money for a flight? Because flights are expensive nowadays, really correct? Expensive, okay. Yeah. You're going to spend all that money only to get kicked off on the tarmac? And you are allowed to eat and drink with, I mean, you know, last I checked, you can't eat or drink with your, with your mask, mask on. on. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's an impossibility. I, I don't, you know? like, what, what, a, what a waste, man. Like, it's just, it's so, just so the guy on the rental car shuttle, he was sitting, <laughs> we ended up talking about it because I saw him get off the flight. And he was sitting right in front of the lady who got kicked off. And I was like, so what was she doing? He goes, honestly, it was the lady next to us complaining. She goes, she kept putting it back on, but she was eating and drinking. And then the flight attendants were basically trying to make an example so of her. So she was snitching. The lady next yeah, to her was, was, was snitching. Her, yeah. Oh, and, and wow. He goes, and he goes, honestly, they, they, they asked her to go, we need you to get off. You're not wearing your mask. You're not being compliant. And she just got up and walked off the plane. It wasn't like they even really needed the sheriffs for her. It was the dude in the back who was upset. And I don't know exactly what was said, but he started getting a little more. He got frustrated by the guy who came on the plane from JetBlue. But that's how this all started. I mean, wow. Good God. What a disaster. Yeah. Uh, what about you, you, you treat us like dogs. <laughs> they, they talk to me like a dog. <laughs> yeah, a I mean, R- Roberto, are we going to take I'm this? Yeah, yeah, come on. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> uh, so about those Russian accents, though, man. Yeah. I was like, ugh. Yeah, you don't want to piss them off. You don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. Uh, you start hearing Give the man yeah. his yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wait, wait, what, 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 what was that? What were you that? trying to do, Roberto? Give the man his money. What is it, that poker? Is that, <laughs> that, that is poker so far away <laughs> from <laughs> Russian. <laughs> that might be the furthest away from a Russian accent that I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, Lee, did you pass out by a fire pit again this weekend, or was that just two weeks ago? Uh, that was just two weeks ago. This week, uh, I, I was uh, I got a hot dog at the at the movie theater, and I was kind of upset. You and hot dogs, man. Yeah. You got an infatuation with he hot does. dogs. It's the best bro. thing they have at the theater. But there's, I was that, there's that gif of them oh, falling. Geez. That's the best thing they have for you at the theater. They have popcorn, too. All right. Yeah, that's true. Popcorn is really good. Extra butter. Salt. They sell you the hot dog, but they don't tell you that they're out of condiments. Like, why sell me the hot dog and then tell me afterwards that there's no... So you yeah. have to, Sorry, you have to so shove you that meat pipe in your, you your mouth. Condiments. Uh, hot dogs, uh, what you're saying? Surely that's Is that a dumpable a, word? Yeah. It's should have got a side of cheese. Yeah. 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 yeah, surely that stopped you before. All right. Sure, Ew. buddy. Yeah, we, Was we it fried? 
Uh, hey, hey, listen, there's no. Was it a fried hot dog? Hey, let again? me tell you something. A hot dog with nothing on it, it's not that bad. All right, there, there's as long as long as it's done the right way, there's not that bad. Stop if you grill it, this was Stop. the worst hot dog I've ever Stop had. Stop looking you, at me. I'm trying to do a serious broadcast ew. here. And I don't if you grill that hot dog the right way, you look. don't really need to put anything on <laughs> that. Who eats hot dogs? I don't well, know. you don't because you you barfed him up when you were a kid. Yeah, but even then, I didn't really didn't like him. Yeah, I haven't had a hot dog in a while. <laughs> I I gotta Stop. say, I I do like Stop. links though. <laughs> Are you a links guy, Frank's? You know, yeah, I like those <laughs> with some mustard. Yeah, there's. That. I don't I don't have a banged up IR story for this weekend, <laughs> other than you know? to say that I felt really good Friday evening. As I um, closed my eyes and went to sleep for rest. <laughs> Very good. That's yeah. good. Very good. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. <laughs> 